Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. What has life taught you? Well, you know, in our postcard this week, I shared a few little, um, you know, significant tips that life has some lessons life has they taught were, me, they and they good. and I, I'm not casually saying these either because, yeah. as you know, mm-hmm. um, I've had some you know, we, we go through those dark times, but there's just a couple I'm going to share with you. If I still have a heartbeat, I still have a purpose. The other one I shared was it, be generous with your time, mm-hmm. with your resources, and with your forgiveness. Okay, so I want to know what has life taught you? Okay, um, because we're all about significance and and also being silly, I I have to throw in the the less significant thing of right now life has taught me that when you wear a shirt several days in a row, the stench starts collecting in the fabric. (laughs) Are are you just now learning that life lesson? Because I've been with you a couple of days and I have seen the same outfit and I hate to tell our listeners that, but yes, it looks looks wonderful. but it might be time. It does look good, doesn't it? It does. It does and look we're, really we good. we have a birthday lunch that we're going to with several other girlfriends. So I thought, you know what? Why not pull this back out and wear it again? And but- you can rest assured that I'm going to mention that this is probably the seventh day that this has been <laughs> out of the closet. Okay. Well, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do remarkable through resources and relationships. And we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website, girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, today we are talking about life lessons, and you are going to be hearing from several people who have been put through the trials of life but emerged with significant lessons they want to share with us. And first of all, we are going to be introducing you you to Brenda Lovelady Spahn, and she is the founder and executive director of the Lovelady Center. And this is a faith-based program that has received countless awards in the community, including Nonprofit of the Year by the Birmingham, Alabama Regional Chamber Chamber of (laughs) Commerce. Easy to say. It was hard to get that award, too. (laughs) It was. It was, I bet. And she's also been featured on all of the Birmingham local stations, including NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox. Uh, Brenda was profiled on DirecTV's Hometown Heroes series and received the NBC Channel 13 Making a Difference Award. And she was given an honorary doctorate from Tennessee Temple University. She is married and has five children. Well, welcome, Brenda. I have to tell you, um, just saying all of that uh, definitely was a mouthful of all the things that you've been doing. And since we are talking about life lessons today, uh, life lessons generally involves us meeting others and learning from their experiences. And there are three of you there um, today on the show. So I'm going to go ahead and let you start with introducing your girlfriends and how you all met. I think there's a party on, the, on their end happening. <laughs> 
I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, you know, um, in our life, we we have our lives kind of mapped out for us, and we think we know who our friends are going to be. If you had ever told me that my best friends would be women who have been in prison for some very serious crimes, and now all of a sudden, they are absolutely my dearest friends. I love these women as much as my own children, probably, and they have been uh, with me for the last 10 years since uh, the Lord led me to start the Love Lady Center. So that is exactly who we are. Uh, Shay is a, <laughs> she's looking at me kind of mean, you know. Uh, Shay was the first woman to come into the program. And when she got off the van the morning when uh, the center was started, uh, she was like, had a shaved head and she was big and robust. And I mean, she came in here with nothing but an attitude. It was terrible. Uh, and that morning, those 10 years ago, I can remember thinking, Lord, what have I gotten myself into? So it's not something that I planned. It's where we find ourselves in a certain place in our life. Uh, I had cried out to God, Lord, show me what you really want me to do. I had served him the way I wanted to most of my life, but that was the key. It's what I had wanted to do. It was not what he wanted me to do. And sometimes we just run around in circles trying to do good things for him, and we never really stop to take the time to say, what is it you really want of me, Lord? And so that... Uh, that asking that question is what had led me to this place. Well, and you know, we Patty and I love to ask questions because significant questions really do take us on a significant journey when you really try to get to the bottom of them, the root of the why to a question, which is what it sounds like you, you did. And you know, it's interesting you talked about your you know, these women becoming like family to you. It, it is really interesting when you go through the depths of life with somebody else and you wrestle with, you know, truth and you wrestle with who you really are. It really is a, an incredible bonding experience that you, you experience life in a way that you experience with very few people. So tell us a little bit about the stories and how this, you know, from, it is about transformation is what you're talking about. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that and what you've seen, how you've seen Really, God transformed lives and transformed you in the process. Well, what happened is when I was a little girl, uh, I was 11 years old when I gave my life to the Lord. But what happened is, and I knew, I knew that he was calling me into the ministry, but I absolutely refused to go. I'm like the Israelites. I just uh, kind of wandered around in the wilderness for all those years. But unlike them, I had my own life you know, mapped out. And so what I did is um, I was raised in a trailer without, with, I had, we just really didn't have much. I had a great mother and daddy, but I didn't have many material things. And when I was a little girl, I can remember saying, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be rich. And so what I did is I put all my efforts into making that happen for me. Uh, I was more worried about that than I was anything else. So I had a very comfortable life, had lots of tax offices, and one day they were raided by Internal Revenue. If you've read the book or if you hadn't, 
urge you to please read the book. But uh, what happened is I found myself knocking on the prison door thinking, my God, I could go to prison and I did not do this. And um, at that moment, I started thinking about the women that the Lord had called me to years before that I was unwilling to um, answer the call. And so um, I still was a little unwilling, but after some sleepless nights, I finally said in a dark hour, I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will serve you to the day I die. If you want me to minister to these women, whatever you want, I will do it. You know, in just a few minutes, I got a call and I found out I was not going to prison and everything was going to be all right. And at that moment, I wanted to say, well, maybe it would have been all right if I didn't make that crazy promise. You know, <laughs> you start second guessing. I, I was thinking, maybe, maybe I don't have to do it. But I had this little feeling inside of me that I'd better honor that promise. So I started going into the uh, prison in Alabama. There's one woman, one women's prison. It's Tutwiler, and it is horrendous. It's listed as one of the top 10 worst prisons in the United States, and not just for women, that's for men too. So mm -hmm. it is a rough little place. And then there was a work release center in Birmingham. So I decided, well, let me go and see what it is. You know, the first time I ever went in there, within an hour, I was so happy with what the Lord had called me. All my life, I had looked at women who had been in trouble, who had been, you know, we pass them on the street, and when we pass them on the street, what we do is we kind of avert our eyes. We don't really want to pay attention to it. We want to ignore it. Well, that's what I had done. And I had looked at these women through my eyes in a very judgmental way, not at all the way the Lord would have me to look at them. And so that night I bowed and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I will always look at these people through your eyes and not my eyes. And the second I said that, it's like he opened it up. And it's like, I just, I don't know. I fell in love with where he had called me. Um, going into the prisons, I found out was great. But what happened, it's kind of like having grandchildren. You go in, you love on them, and then you leave, and you feel real good about it. But that wasn't really what uh, I felt like was happening because the women were coming right back. So I got this idea. I told my husband we had this big old house, and I said, I just want to bring some women to here and see what I can do with them. That wasn't a great day at my house, but, you know, we lived through it, and my husband finally said, okay, as long as it's not going to take all your time. I said, oh, it's not going to take any of my time. Don't worry about that. I said, I'm going to hire a house mom and a driver and a cook, and I'll just go by every once in a while to teach. And he said, okay. Well, the day these two got off the van, uh, Miss Shea here with the attitude and mean as can be and my sweet Tiffany back here. What happened is as soon as uh, they got off the van and my great house mother saw them, uh, she quit on the spot. You know, I'm chasing her and saying, hey, hey, I thought you said the Lord called you to here. She said, the Lord didn't call me to get killed. You know, she said, you're crazy. And so with that, I see the wisdom in it now. Because what it did is it collapsed a time frame where I was able to uh, get to know these women. And uh, that is how that came to be. Uh, even though I'm older, I have a small son. And the day uh, they, and that's a whole nother story. I, in all my running from the Lord, I decided I would uh, adopt a baby. 
And I thought that would please the Lord. And I ended up with the baby in the ministry. So that kind of backfired too. But what <laughs> happened is when um, they entered the door that day, Shay came in first. And I mean, it was like a, a, a standoff. They were on one side and I was on the other side. And all I wanted to do when the van driver who brought them said, is anybody wanting to leave? I wanted to say, if they're not going to take me, you know, um, it was a, uh, amazing amazing day why don't i let shay tell you what she saw as she came up the driveway that day and why she was so mean to me is well, that good brenda we're gonna have to um we're gonna have to save shay's story for the next segment because we just have a few a few seconds until we have to take a commercial break and we are so um excited to hear your story and just appreciate you you're talking about so much about obedience about going into your sweet spot and about when we truly do surrender to God and how he multiplies and takes and does immeasurably more. Well, for Brenda Spahn, entrepreneur and businesswoman, wealth was a lifestyle until a brush with the law threatened to send her to prison. In those dark moments, Brenda made a promise to God. And we're going to take um, a quick break, and we're going to return with more about life lessons and more about unpacking this promise that that Brenda made to the Lord and how it involved other people and just the ripple effects from saying yes to God and how God has blessed us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on toginet.com. 
And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are continuing our conversation with our guests, Brenda Spahn and Irene Zutel. And we were just getting ready to hear from, from Shay, and then we rudely had to go into a commercial break. But we just want to uh, continue this conversation. Shay, you were, you were going into um, just some of your dark moments and, and what was taking place. So go ahead and continue the conversation. Okay, so... Um I am a survivor of sexual abuse and rape as a child. You know what I'm saying? I started out prostituting like when I was 11, you know, uh, shooting heroin. And so my life has, I never had a childhood, you know what I'm saying? Or a teenager or anything like that. I never had anything like that. And so uh, after my fourth time going to prison, you know what I'm saying? The only thing I knew for sure that I wanted was not to go back to prison, not to, you know, go back into drugs. You know, I wanted to be a different woman. I just didn't know how, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I made parole and stuff, and they was telling me about this place called uh, the Love Lady Hallway House, and I said, well, okay, I'll go there, you know, it, it don't matter. And they was trying to sell it to me, you know, this young lady, she got a mansion, and it's all pretty and stuff like that, you know. I didn't believe them. But when we turned into the community of Sherwood Forest, and I, Say, okay, and we start going up this 10 long winding road, you know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at this mansion and I'm and I'm saying to myself, you know, no, 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 no. This is not right. You know, because I can't I couldn't imagine anybody want to take me and put me into a place like this. You know what I'm saying? And and I was coming and I'm thinking to myself, oh, Tiff and them, they was all excited and stuff, and I was getting angry by the second because I felt like they was being stupid about the situation. There's no way they're going to take us out of prison and put us in a place like this here to live. We're going up in here to be some maids. Y'all can get ready. Black dress, little white apron, baby. It's on. <laughs> and so uh, when we got here, you know what I'm saying? You know how sometimes you can have that deep in a hope that that something is going to happen, but you're too scared to really, really let it come out and feel it. So that's where I was at. And so when Ms. Brunner opened her door and say, hi, welcome to my home. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, lady, what you going to do for me? And she was just like, well, I'm going to help you get your license. You know what I'm saying? And we looked at her like she had lost her mind because we never had never had driver license, never needed, been driving all my life, been violating the law all my life. So what she was talking about doing thing the legal the legal way sound foreign to me. So after we got in here and stuff, we were looking around and stuff, and Melinda, her daughter, oh, I love Melinda. Melinda said, Come on, let me show you around. So I'm looking at this house and I'm just tripping, you know. Say, no, no, no. It's, I got to have a, a maid outfit somewhere because I just can't believe we're gonna <laughs> stay here. And we go upstairs and to your right is this room called the yellow room. And I seen this bed that had a pasta seated mattress on it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying my best not to run down the hall to, to sit on it and claim it as mine. You know what I'm saying? So I walk in and I pick up a little speed and I sit down on the bed. And I said, oh, man, I've been sleeping on this little dime thin mattress for the last eight years. I'm not going to get up off this here mattress here. So I was sitting there, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, wow. You know, this is different. I, you know, that was one of the best gifts I could have had in my whole entire life at that time. But the thing that really, really touched my heart was she always would say, okay, okay, Shay, it's your turn. she take us to the best room in the house and sit us down? And she'd come with all these questions. Why are you, uh, 
What happened? Was your mother there when the sexual abuse was going on? How you feel about your uncle? And it was just why, 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 why? She wanted to know what I felt, not just what happened. She needed to know what I felt so she can try to help, help me to understand that I need a relationship with God so I can change how I feel and I can quit packing that stuff up and taking it with me everywhere I go. You know, and uh, and she had this thing where she just hugs all the time in the beginning. I was like, man, all this hugging and all this, and I love you and, and stuff like that. And and it made a big difference, you know, to hear it all the time, you know. You know, and it was it's so strange because once you start looking at people through the eyes of Jesus, that love becomes genuine because yeah. you know how much he loves us. And uh, pretty soon, these women that I had absolutely no, I was afraid of. But that's a whole nother story. And I know we don't have long. And I wanted you to be able to talk to Tiffany a minute, too. Okay, Tiffany, we want to hear your your version of the story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? Great. Um. Well... <clears throat> In an early age, I think I was 10, um, I was taught about sex by my babysitter. And I was in and out of jails and prison. I've been to prison twice. Never been a mother. Never didn't know how to cook. Didn't know how to do anything. So when I got here from prison, I mean, it was just, I, I loved it. Shay was the negative one. I was the positive one. Wow. <laughs> I was excited. You got, you got the polar opposites here. And uh, because Tiffany liked it, Shay stole her potato chips. <laughs> it just goes on and on. I think me and Shay argued all the time. But I love Shay dearly. Shay helped save my life. You know, so I'm grateful for her. For all of them. Um, yeah, she'd be tough on me, but I needed that at the time, so... You know, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but you're talking to two women here that were prostitutes working the streets since they were just young girls. And now to see the transformation that the Lord has done in their lives mm -hmm. is absolutely unbelievable. They don't look the same. They don't talk the same. The Lord has grabbed hold of these women and they are two extraordinary women of God. And uh, sometimes, uh, Tiffany's a crybaby. I mean, she <laughs> cries all the time. You know, she's so grateful for everything. Mm -hmm. And I'll see her. The other day, um, she had bought a bunch of groceries, and she was crying, talking about how thankful she was for what God has done for her. And Shay... Um, but I think the, the biggest thing that we all need to know is the lessons that we can learn. See, we look at people like they're different from us, but they have the same hopes and dreams. And they've just had, for a lot of my women, they have had, uh, this is a second chance. But for many of them, this was the first chance they ever had at life. And for the Lord to do this and open up like he has, and open up the windows of heaven for them. And now, you know, thousands of women have come through the program, probably about 1,500, maybe 2,000. And we have changed. We have seen so many lives changed by what he has done. Uh, if, if people will just read the book, that's the birth of the ministry. 
and it is great. We're very excited. We just sold the rights for a movie last week. Mm. That is Isn't very that exciting. Well, let us oh, know, yeah. how can people find this book and find more about the Love Lady Center and what you're doing? Because just listening to you, Patty and I want to come over and just party with you right now and um, just be with you because you truly are amazing women and allowing the power of God to transform and to connect you in very significant ways. And you can just sense just the, the friendship and the love that you and respect you guys have for each other. It is so coming across and how God really can do anything and he can transform us all in amazing ways. So um, how can they find you and how can and get a hold of you? Uh, of course, you can go on the internet. Uh, I, my kids are so excited. They say I'm a pop-up. All you have to do is type in uh, the Love Lady Center and we pop up. Or it's www.loveladycenter.org. Uh, you can get the book at uh, Amazon. Uh, I don't know where y'all are, but Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, all these places, Walmart. Well, well, Walmart here, but I don't know if where you are, if it's at Walmart. But any place you get books, you can find this book. Um, I could not believe it. God told me to write the book. I felt like he led me to write the book. Took me six months to get the first word down. And then I sent Random House this great big old book. And they sent it back and gave me this little tiny book. So, you know, uh, so y'all won't hear all the details, but you hear, uh, you can read everything that happened in those early days. And I think um, I've had a lot of people tell me that they're crying on one page and laughing on another. In the last few days, we've had some great reviews on it. I am so honored that the Lord allowed me to write this book, um, you know, because that's just how powerful he is to take somebody who really didn't have a clue what they were doing. And I think that's the magnitude of it. I didn't even know how to spell Tutwiler. I had never been inside a prison. I had never been arrested. And to see all of this, I was just kind of thrown in here. And to see the power of God open up. And if you had ever told me, I thought like people have been to prison. I just was, I would have been afraid of them. And now, you know, if they really hadn't been to prison, I let other people handle them. I love my the ones that's uh, been there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it, again, we want to say congratulations, first of all, for, for the book and for just what God is doing with the movie. And God truly does multiply when we just bring and open up our, our hands to him. He takes what, what we have and he does um, immeasurably more. And you guys are living proof of that. And we're just so grateful that you guys have come on to join us today. As we conclude this, um, just address, because you, you said something earlier about, you know, the, you were you were afraid, intimidated to even go into prison and, and even meet, you know, these women who were different and how quickly God changed your heart, gave you this deep compassion for them. We have less than a minute. Brenda, tell us quickly how, how others can step into the unknown. What you have to do is you have to, learn to trust see we think we trust the lord but you have to really trust him with your whole life that day i said you know what lord i will give you everything i have and no matter what happens i will serve you to the day i die and let me just tell you when you quit trying to tell god what to do and you just kind of sit back and let him lead you 
Your life will change. He will equip you in ways you never dreamed you can be equipped. Uh, I, I, I said, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you're going to have to show me how to do this. And I will look and I will see no way out of a situation. And all of a sudden he opens a door. He, if we if we allow him and trust and have faith, but now we're talking about water walking faith here. Take a break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended. And we've just had an amazing interview with um, just women, like we talked about, that are learning life's experiences and um, uh, there, there's a comment that our next guest that we will be having on the show that he had, uh, made, his name is William Searles and he'll be sharing a time in life where God got his attention in a very profound way. And, uh, there's one comment. He says, God must be in prison because that's where everyone meets him. And that there is so much truth in that. I know even you and I, with our past experiences of, of going into prison to speak, um, I, I believe we, we might have even shared this story before because it it was one of those comments <laughs> that was said that we, we've brought it up so many times and how we were sitting there and, and my sister Kathy was also there in prison with us and 
um, they were talking about in the future, they were having a conference or a seminar workshop for um, married couples. And basically, as you're in prison, how do you get out of prison and then kind of, you know, uh, make your marriage come together when mm-hmm. you've been apart for so long. And so it just kind of walks you through it. And uh, we were sitting there when this gal says, yeah, well, uh, that would have been really nice for my husband to have attended that. And um, someone said, oh, you know, he can't. We can make sure, you know, we go into these prisons. Where is he? And she goes, oh, no, I already killed him. <laughs> and she was serious. <laughs> she was serious. And that is not funny at all. Um, but at the, at the time, I mean, she meant it in such – she meant it as a, as a joke, but yet it, it was serious. And you just go, yes, so many – um, people that are there, they really do have that divine intervention with Christ, and that is where, where he really out. does get, get gets our attention. Um, and, and you know that, and that is a place where you don't want to go. You don't want, but it's, so many people say, "I went to prison, and I wouldn't trade it because God got mm-hmm. my attention, and I and I discovered the transforming power of Jesus in my mm-hmm. life." And so that that is what our next guest, William is going to be sharing his story with us. In 2007, William was incarcerated for wire fraud and money laundering. While in prison, he learned a great deal more than he ever bargained for. And life lessons involving faith, grace, patience, and forgive- forgiveness. Well, welcome, William, to our show today. We are excited to hear your story, your life lessons, and just how Jesus got your attention. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Well, William, there is a a quote um, that we heard from you, and you're talking about from a spiritual standpoint, it gave you the opportunity to slow down and realize what is important. And as your faith grew, you became anxious to share the things that you learned. So you figured what better way to do that than through your writing. So tell us what what experiences that you, you, you went through and how did that motivate you and you became so passionate in in your writing? Um, you know, I'm a former senior vice president at one of the largest investment firms in the country, turned money launderer, turned federal prisoner, turned Christian author. And I guess it'd be safe to say that I'm truly an unfortunate example of what can happen when you use the gifts God's given you for your own good instead mm-hmm. of for his glory. Okay, I have time, to interrupt you there. Let's back up because um, I, I'm always fascinated with when someone makes a choice of like you said, you 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 were um, laundering money. At what point did you realize I'm crossing the line? Um, I actually, you know, I, I committed those crimes between roughly 2000 and 2006, and I literally woke up one morning around four o'clock in the morning and just absolutely did not want to do it anymore. And I would say without a doubt, God was trying to tell me something. And it was about a half an hour after I sat there and, you know, staring off in the darkness that I called my, my lawyer and said, let's get a hold of, hold of the U.S. attorney. I want to tell them a little story. And really, at the end of the day, I ended up blowing the, the whistle on myself. Wow. Okay, so how long had, had this been taking place? And were you a believer at this time? Um, you know, I was one of these people that, that called themselves a, a Christian. You know, I think it's really easy to be one person on Sunday and somebody entirely different Monday through Saturday. And, you know, I did go to church, and I, I was probably one of the guys that was trying to, you know, constantly look at the program, look at my watch, you know, seeing how long I had before I could get out of there. And I really didn't understand what it meant. And prison, you know, really 
as you said, I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but there was nothing I would trade the experience for because it really gave me the opportunity to slow down. And a biggie for me was, was realizing that everything doesn't revolve around William Searles. And it's easier said than done, but when you when you put God at the center of everything, it's amazing how these missing pieces, what you thought were missing pieces of your life, not only come into view, but they all start coming together to, to create a life beyond anything you ever imagined. Were you were you more inspired and motivated um, to gain money, or do you think it was the power that was motivating you? Um, I would say, you know, one has a tendency to lead, lead to the other. I was uh, blessed, actually, in my previous life. Once again, I, I call uh, my previous life pre-prison. Um, <laughs> I was given a very, very good hand to play. And I think I did a pretty good job for the most part, but money... You know, you know, you. It's true about not being able to serve two masters, and money was basically my god. And I lost around three million dollars over a relatively short period, right around the, uh, right around two thousand. It really just did some ridiculous things. It was very dishonest. A lot of people very close to me, and really did some ridiculous things to to try to get that money back. But to answer your question, I, I think, um, you know, I was addicted to to the power that came with money. Mm-hmm. And it's a dangerous situation, and you know it's unfortunate by many people's standards. You know, I was a guy, you know, that had everything: I had the big house, the big car, the big job, and really, uh, what people didn't know what was missing was the single most valuable thing any of us could ever have. And even though an incredible price was paid for, it's absolutely free, and that's a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, you you said that you you basically blew the whistle on yourself, and and and. I'm sure you knew where that was going to lead. In some ways, did you experience freedom in doing that? Because you're living this life that you knew at some point, I I think you have to know it's going to crumble. But at at that point, you're so, I would think, so engaged and so involved that you don't even know how to get out of it. In in Uh, some ways, yeah. Sorry. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's a great question. And I think you kind of answered the question itself. But uh Absolutely. And you talk about an opportunity to, to get your skeletons out of the closet. And I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of us walk around with guilt and shame from things we do, whether it's, um, regardless of what it is, but, uh, to get that off your chest is, is really, is just an amazing feeling. And in what I try to do in my writing is share that. And I, I want people to understand that it's okay to make mistakes and what, but what isn't okay is when we let what happened yesterday ruined today. And because, you know, regardless of what your faith is, um, bad things happen to good people and, and we, we screw things up. You know, sometimes we're saying why or why me over a divorce or a breakup or that thing you said to your boss or that job opportunity blew or, or the time you didn't spend with your kids. But the fact remains is, is part of being human is uh, is that we do make mistakes. In fact, we, we make big mistakes every day. And at the end of the day, there's, there's forgiveness out there that I knew it was available, but didn't really understand how to get it. And that's obviously the ultimate forgiveness, and I could be more thankful. Well, okay, that is amazing that you basically turned yourself in. And as you, as we know, the rest of the story, the freedom, but it was a hard process. Talk about that. It takes a lot of courage when you know, okay, in one way I'm going to be set free internally, but in another way I'm going to jail for this, and my reputation is <clears throat> on the line, all that it's at stake, all the losses to for the gain, which – in the end, is is so much more significant. But talk about that courage, because standing there, going, okay, I know this is the right thing to do, but as we all know, doing the right thing is not easy. 
Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that courage. And, and I have to interrupt. Um, I just want you to know, William, that Lisa and I are we're kind of fighting over who gets to ask the next question. We're, we're uh-huh. shoving each other away from the microphone. And that was my last question for a while. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you're, you're causing conflict over here. I just want you to know. But um, also adding in there when you said, you know, your relationships were destroyed. I, I want to hear a little bit more about that because it's, it's crazy when, when you know okay, coming forward is really going to, um, you know, hurt these and erode the relationships. But we have to do this all in three minutes before we go into a commercial break. So hit yeah. it. <laughs> um, I, was, I would say, uh, you know, in terms of turning myself in, um, I was just I had such a, there was a combination of several things there. I just, the guilt was mounting. I knew I was misleading a lot of people very, very close to me. And in fairness, I've shared this before, I, I think it was just a matter of time before I was caught. Mm-hmm. And just coming forward, it was, you know, back to the previous question, it was one of the, it's probably one of the single most liberating feelings of my life, spilling the beans on that. And I remember that same weekend, I picked up the phone and I called every single one of my victims personally on the phone and explained mm-hmm. to them what happened. And, um, you know, in terms of courage, and I don't, I don't really think it took much courage. It's because I think it was the right thing to do. And I, and I think when it's all said and done, and this, I'll, I'll probably say this five more times before the before we get off the air. Prison is the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. Absolute best thing that ever happened to me because it really gave me the time to slow down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think I'm not sure. Break it down another minute here. Well, it's, talk a little bit. And like we said, we just have two minutes. Like the okay. relate. What was the what was the greatest thing at first? How did those closest to you respond when you're making those phone calls? Um, I think a lot of them thought I was kidding at first. Mm. And then, you know, obviously you have that, you know, that you have that silence on the other end of the phone. And, um, you know, I met with a lot of them face to face, called them, you know, a lot of them. And it was just really, it was just, you know, almost a surreal experience. It was just, uh, you know, bittersweet getting the, that, that guilt and that shame, you know, off my chest. And, you know, I still, you know, I'm still in touch with a lot of these people. And, um, it's just it's it's one of those defining moments in life where you got to say, hey, this is the way it is. And you know, a buddy of mine just told me that the truth is the heavyweight champion of the world that never loses. So hmm. you get that truth out there. At, uh, hopefully, uh, everything gets moving in the right direction. That is so true. It, it, the truth, like this, you know, the truth will set you free. And when Correct. you finally get out there, it's like okay, you can breathe again. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like okay, I I know what's coming, but in some ways, it's. It's such a relief. I can uh, I can only imagine because uh, Patty and I have you know we we've, we've done some speaking in prison and and just being with people and just hearing the stories and even you know a lot of us even though we have not been in a physical prison we find ourselves in the in, in a prison nonetheless in in just emotionally or spiritually and it does take you know the courage and the willingness to step beyond to get out there to where freedom is. Well, we're going to take a quick break and. We've been talking with William Searles, who's been sharing how God got his attention in a very profound way, and um, it it changed his life and the freedom that that comes with that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. 
Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back with Girlfriended Radio, and we are talking with William Searles. And in 2007, William was incarcerated for wire fraud and money laundering. While in prison, he learned a great deal more than he'd ever bargained. And uh, William, like like we said earlier, Lisa and I are kind of fighting over just unpacking all that uh, you went through because it's it's amazing when someone finally hears those whispers from God to go, you know what, you have crossed the line, and the only way you're going to get out of this is by coming clean. And many times, I know for even when I look back at, at my my own life, which I'm not going to say all of my. I'm not going to be as bold as you and, and get my skeletons out of the I, I can be bold for you if you would like. Yeah, yeah. would you not? Um, but there are many times when you think of, you know, I, I probably hurt that person or maybe I, I didn't go forward to this person and, and I should have. Um, and, and then, like you said, you just you almost have to go forward because otherwise you, you could live in the past and just continuously be. Um, or well, maybe, allow the past to define you. Yeah, yeah. And you talked about getting beyond that and not letting yesterday affect today. Let's let's talk about that a little bit even. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping ahead of you. Do you notice I grabbed the mic? Well, that's good because otherwise you just started pulling my stuff out of the closet and I didn't want you to. So. <laughs> um, but yes, tell us a, a little bit more. Um, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm fascinated by at what point did you just, were you waking up in the morning going, I cannot go on. So I, I, I even want to go back even further. To that point in your life, um, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I when you say I, I couldn't go on, it was almost getting to the point where I couldn't breathe. Just just mm-hmm. thinking about this and it just you know a, a lie. If you don't uh, if you don't put it away, the lie just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, once again, the truth um, is something you don't have to go back and re-explain because the truth is the truth. But you know, in terms of putting those things behind us. You know, the really the only thing I can say is, you know, God gives us choices, and you know, He, he gives us a choice, and with any choice comes the possibility of choosing unwisely. Mm-hmm. And with many of those unwise choices, you know, often comes a great deal of pain, and you know, once again, it's part of being alive. But and you said it uh, for the question: we don't have to live in the past. You know, we've we've all heard it a million times, but it's true. The only thing you can really do about the past is to learn from it, and. Mm-hmm. We aren't defined by our past, and, and every single day we wake up, you know, is a, is a new day to make a fresh start. And whether our suffering is caused by our own hands or someone else's, we should really allow 
our past and future disappointments, because once again, if you're alive, you're going to have more more disappointments. Let's let all these disappointments be opportunities to show our faith in God. And then we can kick back and, and watch as our faith sets forth an inspiring example that will draw others to God. As far as I'm concerned, we should we should view these opportunities as as, as great opportunities, and really, there's nothing greater we can do than to bring let our let our behavior inspire. Yeah, well, in, in your book, uh, The Sinner's Garden, which I, I definitely want um, for people to to run to get this book, and we'll talk about where where you can find it. Um, you you do bring up um, just you know people who dwell in their past. Why do you think? In general, um, people have such a difficult time putting their past and and their mistakes behind them. Why why is that so hard that we do allow that to define who we are? You know, I think you know we all we've all been caught in that trap. We all know someone that's caught in that trap. But the bottom line is, it, it's a it's difficult to to recognize that we make mistakes. And B, I think forgiveness is such a huge key and in, in, I forget who, who, who said this, but I love the quote. They said, when you, when you take your hands off of someone's neck as a result of forgiving someone, the neck you are taking the hands off is really your own. Mm. And I, said, I wish I knew who said that, but I remember hearing something right along that, those lines. Mm. But in, in, once you ask for God's forgiveness, your slate is wiped clean. But there's a little a little part that that makes that a little bit funner, and it's it's very very difficult to do. And I really think a lot of people don't know how to do this, and that's to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you let yourself off the hook, accept God's forgiveness, and I mean nothing, nothing's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And I don't think we realize too when we are holding on to that, you really are holding on to a chunk of your heart that. Absolutely. Um, it it does start eroding and it starts decaying, but you you don't see it, and Good. it comes out in these little just little ways. And sometimes you even need a good friend to point it out to go, Absolutely. hey, are you holding on to something here? I know um, for me, uh, my my mom was murdered, and there were times that uh, I would feel that I had forgiven this person. And one thing that I learned is that it's so daily. It's not something that you go, okay, I said the prayer, (laughs) I've forgiven him, and I can move on. You know, it's like your slate is clean. It's easy to keep going back to it, and you don't even realize what sets you off. And then you go, wow, I I need to purge this again. I need to let go. And um, I, I think that is something that, you, I would really want our listeners out there to get that, that you, you almost have to do a checkup. Absolutely. I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said this is something you do daily. It's, it's interesting you say that. I was having a conversation with a minister friend of mine out in Southern California about a month or so ago. And we were talking about you know our, our individual problems and some friends of ours that are, are going through some struggles. And I, I like the way he said it, which is similar to what you just said. He said every morning he wakes up and he plugs himself into Christ. Mm-hmm. Just like it's a, it's like an electrical cord. He plugs it in, and he just like it's his ammo to get through any issues he has that day. And really, you know, you know, beyond, you know, again, I'm using a lot of old lines here, but they're, but they're true. You know, the, it's unfortunate how many people spend a lot of their time living in the past, and then you got a lot of people who are who are the worriers that worry about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, there's no such thing as yesterday and tomorrow. 
all we have is today. And it's, once again, easier said than done, but if we just focus on doing the right things mm-hmm. right now, everything else will take care of itself. Well, and I know in America, we don't like to talk about spiritual warfare so much. Um, I know when Lisa and I have done conferences and and outside of the United States, you see that, that plug-in. I love that, um, the visual on that even, where, uh, you know, we get caught up in where do we want to move our couch in our living room and (laughs) rather than getting plugged into, okay, Spiritual warfare is huge, and you are hearing the whispers of the enemy. And and many times, if we're not plugged in, we can let that you know they win the battle that day without even realizing it. Correct. Hmm. Well, well, William, we want to talk a little bit. Make sure we get in there. Uh, first of all, how can people find you? Find more information, and then we want to talk about your your newest book, The Sinner's Garden, and specifically, what does that garden represent to you? So, if you can just make sure we 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 don't leave without understanding all that. Okay. Uh, well, readers can get a hold of me at williamsearls.com. It's S as in Sam, I-R-L-S as in Sam.com. Uh, it's my website. I'm on Facebook at William Searles, and I'm on Twitter at William Searles, and I love to hear from readers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us a little bit about The Sinner's Garden. What can we expect as we turn the pages? Now, The Sinner's Garden um, is a book of second chances. And on the surface, you know, I think all authors want to entertain readers. But, you know, particularly being a Christian author with a checkered past, it's really, really important to me that I share some of the things I learned while I was in prison about developing faith. And it's my hope that when readers, you know, or they're done reading, uh, they in some way walk away from the books and closer to God. And, you know, most of us, I grew up hearing about the stories of Moses and Noah and Abraham and Jonah. So what I tried to do in the Sinner's Garden was dance around the question of where is it written that God was going to quit performing miracles 2,000 years ago? Mm. And the answer to that question is that it isn't written anywhere. And I think even more important than the miracles and lessons that we're supposed to learn from these stories. So I decided to have a little fun in the Sinner's Garden by having a mysterious garden of wildflowers show up overnight behind an abandoned steel mill. And when this happens, you're going to see a 14-year-old boy that was physically scarred by an abusive father, uh, that he begins to hear a voice through his broken iPod. And he starts repeating what he hears to his mother, who's also a victim of that same domestic abuse, to his uncle, who's an ex-con that is working on his faith, reminds me a little bit of the author, and to a lady police officer who can't get over the death of her father, who was killed years earlier in the line of duty. And you're going to be wondering if maybe it's God that's speaking to the boy through the broken iPod, using him as a messenger to let these people know that they've got some work to do. And I'm getting a lot of feedback on a, a secondary character in the book that the newspapers call the Summer Santa, and he's a prowler who wears a black ski mask, black gloves, and all black clothing, the character of the book. He only comes out at night, and he loves breaking into houses. And the only way you're going to know he was in your house is if you wake up and see that he's left you something, and that's something you've been praying for. Hmm. And when the lives of these people intersect, really what I want to do is invite readers into these characters' minds as they find out where God is when bad things happen to good people. You know, based on the early feedback and reviews we've had, uh, we're really excited about the story, and, and I really couldn't be more thankful. That that is it's, okay. You have us. We're ready to go get the, the get the book and read <laughs> the story and share it because we love when you when you truly take a life lesson. And how God can transform that to a story of hope and victory. And that's what this is all about. It's like, we appreciate you. You're not stuck in the past. And what, you know, and it's so easy to stay there and still allow that to define us. But 
And it really is a story of hope and victory. And the miracles. Because mm-hmm. we do. Once Correct. again, living in the United States, we, we go, oh, does God really do miracles? And it's like, well, you only see them if you're praying for them. And mm-hmm. you're really expecting God to show up. And you're, you're, you have your eyes wide open. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, I'm also a big believer in that there's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Sometimes the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a huge difference between needs and wants. And the big guy upstairs knows what we need, and we think we know what we want. It's a huge difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we just have a couple minutes. I can't believe how quickly this show has gone um, by. Uh, can, just what would be some tips uh, that you can leave for our listeners in, um, first of all, uh, being able to move forward and, and get out of the past? And um, how, how do we witness a modern-day miracle? And you probably can't do that in two minutes, so you pick, pick and choose how you want to answer those questions. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of modern-day miracles, you know, I, am a, I am a living, breathing proof, once again, of what can happen when you use the gifts God's given you for, for, your, own, for your own good instead of for His glory. And, you know, I, I still consider myself and hopefully always consider myself to be proof of his endless, endless forgiveness, too. Mm. But, and, you know, I say it's the fact that he can turn someone like me around uh, is a miracle in itself. But I, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head again earlier when, when you talk about getting over the past. Really, it's, it's one of those things. It's not like you're just going to wake up and make a conscious decision. Hey, you know, I'm going to forget about that thing. I think it's a point of forgiveness is a conscious decision to get it going, but it's also a process. And I would plug in every single day. And I would really, I don't want to use the word confront, but I would, you know, get in touch with people you've wronged or people that you think have wronged you and just share your heart with them. And I think, you know, getting these things out in the air, I, I think a lot of part of that inability to forgive is, 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 you know, ground in resentment and resentment is just absolute poison. And I think, when you air your feelings out, uh, you know, that, that poison starts to disappear. And, and in time, I think you will find forgiveness or the ability to forgive. Mm-hmm. I love that. You, that's the imagery of the poison starts to disappear. And we do have that choice. We can either keep drinking the poison, holding on to the poison, or, or let it um, disappear. Mm-hmm. Well, we just so, again, appreciate you coming on the show and, and joining us and speaking um, being vulnerable, and uh, we just want to challenge everybody. What is a life lesson you're learning right now? Thanks for joining us. Until next time. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 